Yes, I can beat that. You ready? Go ahead. All right, let's start the let's show. Go. That was weird, too. Speaking <laughs> of which, Eddie has been coaching his son's nine-year-old basketball team. Mm-hmm. Didn't end up very good, huh? It really didn't, and it's it's unfortunate because the end of the season was strong. Like, we finished, like, five in a, winning five in a row, and then we go into the tournament, like, feeling really, really good. But I don't know. Ask Kevin, but when we walked in there, it was the early game. It was the 9 a.m., and I asked all the kids to be there at 8. That way we can run through stuff. Just from the beginning, they were distracted. They were tickling each other, and like I had to stop. Oh, they stop. were nine. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. They're nine year olds. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, like no. A championship mentality. Yeah. That's no excuse. You didn't have Coleman. them in a good place, coach. It all goes back to the coach. Well, see, I had to stop the pregame warmups and be like, everybody stop, everybody stop. Look, look at the team we're playing, and they were on the other side of the court, and they're all there doing their drills, man, like layups and doing like you know jump stops and stuff. And I go, do you see any of those guys tickling one another? Do you see them like rubbing the hair on their heads? No, exactly, and that's why they're going to win if we don't start getting our act together. Isn't that a culture issue? And who sets the culture? Why are you always on on their side? <laughs> I'm not on their side. I'm just saying you are. that's not an excuse that your kids are acting out. If you're the coach of the kids. Kevin and I, dude, we talked every practice. Like, why don't they listen to us? <laughs> like, they we cannot grab their attention. It's like even Kevin has to be like, guys, listen to coach. Look at him. Listen to him because they don't listen. What's the problem, Kevin? Yeah, that's a huge factor. Is you watch these other teams and you're like, these kids are all focused. And and I, I always ask Eddie, I'm like, Eddie, I don't have a kid. I don't have a nine-year-old. So I need to know where is the line drawn? Like how much can I yell at these kids? Can yell I punish them? Can I make them run? Can I make them do push-ups? I don't really know because I don't have any kids. And he always tells me, no, dude, just lay into him. Make him cry. Him. Make him cry. And I'm cry. like, well, I don't want some parent And then come Kevin up to gets me. in trouble. And he's like, I don't know why he did that, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, it's weird. I told him not to. <laughs> so it's over. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're done. We're done. And yeah, we didn't do anything in the tournament. We lost both games. It was tough. And yeah. And, and can I say something? I almost, I almost got kicked out. He did. And, and, I, and I'm not proud of it. What? Yes, dude. I'm not proud of it. But and me and the ref had, we talked about it afterwards. But I was right. What happened? Kevin, Kevin will have my back. The, the coaches on the other team, I talked to them later. They're like, dude, I'm on your side. But they just, this ref was just loud and like, violation, red team. Nuts, We're going that way. He's just yelling the whole time, but he wouldn't call anything. He was just call like lane violations, but he wouldn't call reaching ins. He wouldn't call traveling. He wouldn't call anything. And finally, he called one. And I said, Ref, you could have done that 10 times ago. And he blows his whistle. He looks at me and goes, Warning, technical. If you get one more, you're out of here. And I'm like, So you got a tech? That's all you said? Yeah. I was like, All I said was you could have called this. But you got a tech or you got a warning? Uh, I, got, I got a warning, but he literally said, You're out of here one more time. Yeah. But you need two techs to be kicked out. Not I'm according misleading. to this guy. Not according like- to this guy. So anyway, I literally sat down and asked Kevin. I was like, fine. I sat down and he kept yelling at me being like, I'm doing my job. Let me do my job. You do your job. And I was like, I'm not saying anything. I'm sitting down. And then Kevin chimes in. This is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, he came back at Eddie. It was all done for like 20 seconds. All done. Okay, let's keep playing. And this guy had an ego boost. And he was just like, you know what? You're not allowed to talk to me like that. I will talk to you like this. And I said, dude, we get it. You got the jersey. You got the stripes. You asserted your dominance. We're moving on. Let's go. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. That's what I thought. And we're like, 
He did, though. That's what I thought. But to his point, sometimes you have to deal with that in life and in nine-year-old basketball (laughs) where somebody comes in that has some authority that maybe it doesn't feel comfortable to you because they're a douchebag, but that doesn't mean that you can fight it and win. Sometimes you just have to swallow your pill and find an effective way to communicate with the douche. Right, and it sounds like he didn't do that. Did it not, cost you the game? Or not was at that. No, we were already out of oh, it. Yeah, we're, we're already out of it. And, and you should s- got kicked out. That'd been awesome. I, know, I told Kevin that I'm like, well, we had one more game later with him, oh. refing. But I, but I did go up to him afterwards and I said, "Hey, ref, I just want to apologize. That's that's not me. Oh, you did? I did. I did. I'm sorry about that. Like that's not me. He's like, listen, man. He's like, I, I, thank you for saying that. But listen, I, this is my Saturday. I, I coach college. I, I ref college basketball. I do all sorts of stuff. This is really just on my spare time. That I, that I do this. So, you know, I don't want to hear that from these coaches or you guys or the parents or whatever. And I, I get it. But listen, let me, let me tell you my point. The kids are really what this is all about. And if you're not doing your job correctly, the kids aren't going to learn basketball. Like, that's all I was saying. He's like, yeah, I get it. But I'm not calling anything today. This is kid, nine-year-old basketball. I'm not calling anything. I'm like, I think you should, <laughs> you know, like I think you should, because how are we going to teach him not to reach in, not to try? Like, I, I feel you, but it's also his job to make the rules. I mean, refs will let teams play in college. They will not. They will enforce hand checking a lot more on a Tuesday than they will a Saturday. Sure. They'll let, so I wanted to let it be known though. It's not about me. I'm not it's fighting the, it's, for it's me. It's about you. No, <laughs> this, I wasn't. It feels like it's about you and you lost. Had your team been winning. Now, why are you taking the ref side? I'm not. I'm taking the side of sometimes you have to deal with people that you don't like that you don't feel are acting in a way that they should. And it's not always push back as hard as you can. Sometimes it's, all right, how do I win this with honey instead of vinegar? The crap, that's exactly what he said. Did you talk to him about this? No, I have to deal with people all the time, like in my professional space. I just cannot stand. But they have no idea. And I try to make their life as easy as possible. So I don't have to deal with them, one. I don't want to deal with them. I don't like them. I want to deal with them. But so I'm going to make their life easy. They think we're best friends. I can't freaking stand them. But... I'm not going to be an issue, and I know I can't push hard, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to help them do their thing so they help me do mine. And, yeah, it, sometimes it's, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow, and you got to mm-hmm. humble yourself to do it. But in the all I care about is net results. That's it. And my net result is I'm closer to my goal or I've finished A to Z. If I'm pushing, what my pride you know, gets whacked a little bit. Otherwise, yes, it's a you thing. Well, we apologize. We were all good. We talked. And, like and then he officiated the noon game, and we were, we were fine. He also didn't know the rules. He really didn't, man. It doesn't matter, though. He even asked. He's it like, also, Wait, can you do this? Like, it also what? doesn't matter. He's a freaking ref. I know. It doesn't matter. I bought him donuts, too. He did. Nice. I do like That's that. That's good of you. He did. What, what did you learn, though? Nothing. No, you did. These guys <laughs> you don't give a crap. That if you have a huge problem with somebody, and you can't actually win that fight, it's not worth it for your ego to get into the fight if you can't win it. So let's figure out another way to win it that's not... I don't have an ego. I never fought about me. You absolutely have an ego with coaching. And this guy was like stepping in on you. I was like, this is how to do it. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. But he had the ego. But, but, but I agree. There's nothing you could do about it. There was nothing I could do about it. So why make it worse? Which is what you did. No, I sat down. I didn't do anything. I sat down and he kept yelling hey. at me. Your buddy over I made here. it worse. Firing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, I y- made it worse. Y'all was like, I loved it though. He had my back. I well, love I like that. It. Well, it sounds... Like the season was, was the tale of three seasons. Real yes. bad, then good, then, yeah. oh, oh, forgot we're bad again. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Coleman. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Coleman, what basketball games did you go to over the weekend? I went to, let's see, on Friday, Troy, Coastal Carolina. Then Saturday, I had a doubleheader, was in Birmingham for Samford Furman. 
and then went up to Western Kentucky to watch them play UAB. My second time watching UAB in same three day. days. Yeah, same day. So like a one one. Yeah, it was at one o'clock in Birmingham, and then it was a three hour fifty minute wow. drive to the seven o'clock game at UAB, and I got there right at tip. Do you have a Jeez. or to Western Kentucky referee that was a real dick? Any <laughs> your games? No, no, no I didn't. they were out there, man. Coleman's uh, fighting Sounds with the ref, like the same ref. <laughs> and then Sunday, I was at uh, Memphis hosting Cincinnati. Okay, that's that cool. one's that's a little more big time. That's Absolutely, cool. FedEx Forum. That was far and away the nicest arena that I've been in. Oh, do they play at FedEx? Every game? I, I don't know if they do every game, but they did for that one, and I would guess there was 10K there. Wow. I mean, it, it was a good showing. Did we try to get you in that one? Yes, and I, I think Memphis big-timed us. I don't think they responded. They've been one of the few, if only. Okay. Well, we have to curse them. We have to curse them. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hard away. <laughs> Might we tried, and no luck with them. Big time. That's so weird. Because who the heck's Memphis? Who cares? Penny, Everyone dude. else has been so easy to work with. But, yeah, I think with Penny. With I Penny, mean, man. Big-timed us. Mm-hmm. NBA who? star. Who is Memphis? Nothing. A team that f- flails out every year that has all the talent in the world and then ends up sucking high and teat by the time the tournament comes around? No, correct. I think there's something. Correct. And Larry Brown's not there anymore, right? Is he an assistant still? Uh, I don't think. No, okay. no, no, no. Yeah, I think he was, was right last year. Not this year. I don't think like so. that matters. <laughs> oh, Larry Brown was there. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying. Like, Me and all, Larry go way back. NBA dudes, legends. <laughs> so, but the other games, you had good seats and... Absolutely. Yeah. Belmont, uh, I guess that was Thursday, but I mean, they set me up directly at half court. UAB, I ended up sliding in courtside. Um, it, it was great seats awesome. for content. Dude, that's crazy. Like, yes. I, I'm getting jealous, but yeah. it's just so much basketball. Yes. A ton of, 63 games, 61 days. My regular season's over. So it'll be conference tournament time. Wait, here you on did out. 63 games in 61 days? Yes, sir. That is Seven doubleheaders in five days. And you still know your wife, right? You guys are- <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, She's I not do. here today. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be back out with me uh, the third. Well, what did she have to say about her experience here on oh, the end of last week? She loved it. She was um, a little surprised. I mean, she wasn't expecting to be a guest mm. and wasn't expecting to be called on that much, but I thought she handled herself. Yeah, I thought she, she was awesome. Great. Yeah, yeah great. she was great. Eddie told me a funny story because we were leaving from doing Friday's show, and Eddie, you were like... Trying to get Coleman's number? Yeah, because he was t- saying he'd be back and come to another basketball game in, in Nashville. And I said, dude, if you come back and they do a play, I'll go with you. So here, put my your number in my phone. So I gave him my phone. And he put his number and called himself. That way he can have the number. And then like 30 minutes later, I get a phone call on my phone. And I pick it up. I'm like, hello? And it's Coleman. He's like, I got a number. I got a call from this number. Not sure who this is. I'm like, Coleman, it's Eddie. Like, you called yourself. How did you forget that so quick? So what happened was the number that popped up said, I wasn't thinking about the last name. We'll beat I that saw part sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So I thought it was her calling. And I was like, oh, maybe there's something I missed. Called back. No, Eddie. Forgot that I had called from his phone <laughs> calling me. I thought I had called him from my phone. But Bones, the way he called is, I got a call from this number. Hey, uh, who is this exactly? Uh, are you? Did he have business voice on? Like, Oh, for sure. For this sure. is Coleman. Uh, yes. Yes. Is this Memphis? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but now you guys are all good. You got your number saying uh, everything? We're good, yes, man. We're good. Kevin, how was your weekend, buddy? It was good. Outside the two losses, I went golf club searching, as we talked about last week. Okay, I still, this is what I need. I'm going to say this on the record because I got a bunch of information. I'm going to try to help you. Reed is here. Reed's everywhere I go. <laughs> He's everywhere yeah. to me. And so Reed shoots pictures and video and edits, and it's just a massive part of what I do daily in all these different ways. Um, so Reed, this is what I need. I'm going to say it on this. 
if you can go into my analytics on my Instagram mm-hmm. and get anything that has a puma or a cobra on it and give me all the analytics on that and put it in a form, I will send it over to them and just go, I, I, I was supposed to do it already, I forgot. Hey, here's all the analytics. And we even did this video where my guy's talking about finding golf clubs. And I'm just going to see if they bite on that, that content if you go and looking for golf clubs. Because I'm not going to say give me some free golf clubs. Of course. Because I don't want to ruin my free golf clubs. Right, right, right. <laughs> and golf stuff that I get. But let me see if they bite. And if they go, oh, if he wants some, he's on your show, maybe we can help him with something. Awesome. But that's all going to depend on Reed's ability to get me this information. Come on, Reed. All right, Reed. I'm looking at you. <laughs> so that's like views and press. Just, you know, make it look good. It is what it is. And then some of those videos have hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. And I'm just going to see, we're going to put some chum in the water and see if anybody, when we send them that video, because they do have it, if you go and I'm looking for golf clubs, and I'm like, I'm a Cobra guy. We'll see if they step up. Awesome. It'll be, be Good decision for them. Absolutely. Well, yeah, of course, for you say that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be the best uh, person they ever made. Yeah, this Coleman who's this? Who's <laughs> calling? Uh, a couple things. First of all, that Iowa-Michigan State game, really one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life in a college basketball game. Did you get to watch? You probably didn't watch it live, Coleman. Did you watch it either the full replay or see the highlights of it? I got to see the highlights of it. Saw the shot to tie the game up. But, yeah, coming back from that deficit. Ten. Ten with like Unbelievable. a minute left. Yeah. Unbelievable. And the thing is, Michigan State was making the free throws until the very last free throw. All they do is make it to put it up four, and he missed the free throw. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was one of the most unbelievable games, the last minute and a half of a college basketball game as I've ever seen. And I was watching the Arkansas game. We played pretty good against Alabama in Alabama. We lost by three. I thought, listen, we were up by eight or so at half. It's tough to go in there and win, and I was a little irritated we ended up losing that one. But that Michigan State-Iowa game, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And so if you haven't seen the, the highlights of that, go look at it because it was 10 with maybe even like 50 seconds left. To relate to that game a little bit, but to tie it to the small and mid-majors, I had a game that I bet on, a pick'em, Little Rock, so a little close to you, Bobby. ULR, right? Yes. Yeah. Playing Lindenwood. This game, the winner gets to keep their season alive, go on to the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament, the loser, done, season over. Little Rock up 17 points with under five minutes to go in the game. I'm chalking it up as a win. Gets sent into overtime, they lose. How overtime. do they lose? Okay. 17 you points. You went yada, yada, yada there. <laughs> right. Overtime. <laughs> Turnovers, three balls. Turnovers, three. I mean, it was unbelievable. Really? Lindenwood got red hot. They were at home, got the momentum, and Little Rock choked. So, Eddie and I, oh, should I text... Chesson, see if he's around. Oh, that'd be great. Yes. Let me good old, see. Good old Chesson. Chesson Hadley. Let you know him, Coleman? No, I know that golfer, and, right? Yeah. But I don't know, know him personally. Well, that's what I meant. I didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We're you, talking about you on the sports show I do now. Are you available to talk back? Because <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> If not, no worries. Last minute for sure. Old music? Love it. So Eddie and I both follow a golfer on the PGA Tour named Chesson Hadley. Now, I was at Pebble Beach play, or in the week of warm-up because I didn't get to play in the tournament because I went to the Oscars. No, what was it called? The Grammys? Whatever. Gram- it was Grammys. <laughs> music. I don't know, dude. Yeah, music. And so, but I was just moving... In a crowded room, and there was a dude next to me, 
and a little taller than me. So I was like, I hate this guy. A little taller. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and then like a, a really like, you know, some sheets have a really high cotton, like a thread count, mm-hmm. like his vest, like, like his high thread count vest. <laughs> and I was like, how's it going, man? He goes, hey, man, what's up? We're just kind of talking a little bit because we were just shoved into each other. And he was like, I'm Jason. I was like, cool. It was kind of loud. I said, Eddie, I met Jason. He goes, his name's Chesson. I said, like, oh, I just couldn't hear. We're, I'm trying to whisper loud. in a loud room. Yeah. It's yeah. not Jason. It's Chesson. So Chesson played at the Honda Classic over the weekend. He's a PGA. I mean, he yeah. plays all these tournaments. So I have him on my ESPN alerts that if he, wherever he is in the tournament, it just shows me him up there on the grid. And he was uh, like 12th, 11th. I think he got eighth at one point. And so Eddie hits me up and he goes, seven was the highest. And he goes, let's go, let's bet him. Our guys. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't think about betting my friends who I've met one time, but we texted him <laughs> once in a while. Friends. And so I even texted him earlier that day before he said this. I was like, hey man, looks like you're playing great. Congratulations. He's like, yeah, la la la. And so we bet him and he didn't end up playing terrible, but I think he, we didn't win any money because I bet him we to didn't. win it, to, fi- to finish top five and top 10. And I think he finished like 23rd or something. Yeah. I think the highest I saw him was tied for seventh, which is like. You know what money he made? No. Kevin, can you look that up? See what money he made this weekend? I wonder what, like, whatever he finished, 23rd, makes on the Honda Classic. And if he calls... Should we have some guesses? Yeah, where did he... I'm going to guess 140K is what he made. Man, I have no idea. I'm going to guess... Hmm... $95,000. $95,000. It's got to be more what, than that, right? It looks like you finished 29th, though. Okay. Okay, 29th. Uh, we don't know anyway. Do they even make that public? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The purse is public. I okay. think I found it. What do you got? Whoever said that? Oh, yeah. Forty-six grand. Oh, I'll take it. Less than I thought. Let's hey, go. The, uh, yeah, yes, however, good. the issue is... You have to pay back sponsors and stuff? No. With those golfers, you have to basically pay their... You have to pay your own way. You're, you're, it's like Andy when he played tennis. Roddick. Like he was like, it's hard for players that aren't in the top thirty even to travel around the world because yeah. you got to pay for all your flights, all your hotels. Like you're just a worker, and you go and you get in these tournaments. They allow you in. It's not like they are sending a plane for you. But isn't that what the patches are for? Like, well, the, so that's also how you make money. Like, give too. me the patch, and, and then you fly me there. And some, well, depending on what do you say? That's not him. Oh, did you text the right person? Yeah, the company just, t- I don't know. It doesn't matter. I get, after the show's over, oh, no. you know those people I talk about? <laughs> Here we go. No, I didn't. It's like I turn my phone over so I wouldn't see it, but then I got to wait and see if Chesson messaged me back. But yeah, it, it costs, but some of those you get paid based on how good you are. Yeah. And then you get paid based on how good you are at the, in the tournament. Like you can actually make bonuses, but you won't make a whole, let's say you're a golfer that's ranked 83rd. Okay. And you sign a deal with, Tied bleach to wear it on your hat. They're not going to pay the 83rd guy a whole bunch of money up front because you're 83rd. They're going to give you a little something. It's going to help for mm-hmm. sure. But also, they're probably going to have in the contract, hey, if you make it, you make the cut, this. You finish top 10 because that's just more placement on TV, social media, right. et cetera. So that's tough. Yeah, man. And so these tournaments, they got like 150 people playing. Like it's hard to be 83rd. I hope this, <laughs> you know. I hope Chesson doesn't like. I don't want to be this guy's friend. He's messaging me to like be interviewed. You think you're te- texting him a little too much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never had a professional golfer friend before. I know it's awesome. Yeah, cool. yeah. If you ask me the truth, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I first text. Let's see. I read him to you. No shame here. I like the transparency. <laughs> How many times has he responded to your texts? 
Because if, if oh, you're... it's far. I'm be honest with you. There's way more blue, which is me oh, than, no. than gray. Oh no, Buzz is not good. I know. <laughs> yeah. So on Thursday, because we sent the introductory messages back on January 31st. Is that when the thing was? Yeah. Yeah, right around there. Where I said, "Hey, Bobby, cool." On Thursday at 9:20 a.m. Because we haven't texted since then. There was no reason. Well, I wanted a couple, to a couple times, but I had to restrain myself because <laughs> I had questions. If I didn't, I didn't do it. I said, "Hey, man, hope you're good. Been following you. Saw you're in Florida this weekend." Oh no, because he's playing that tournament, you're Honda check, Classic. You're checking his schedule. Yeah, you probably got there on Thursday. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> hope you crush it. Stay healthy. Just want to send a note. Sam's pulling for you, Bobby. Right? Cool. I mean, it sounds like I want to date him, but whatever. <laughs> he's married with kids. <laughs> and then he writes back because I sent that at 9:20 a.m. He sent this back at 12.30 p.m., so like three and a half hours later. You think he's been talking to himself being like, oh, I think he's like, do guy, I even want to respond to this like... guy? <laughs> then he wrote, Bobby, what a legend. Thanks for the kind text. Yeah, down here, played nicely today. Hope uh, you're good. And I've switched from, he had a different radio station to listen to. He said, because of you, he said, I'm all in on Bobby Bones. Thinking about putting a logo of your face on my clothes. <laughs> That's funny. He's flirting back. But, but he's yeah, right? <laughs> and then I don't know why. I think I meant to send this to Eddie, but it was a screenshot of him being in the top 10. Oh. But I sent it to him. I didn't realize oh, I did that. No. Oh. You sent it to him? Yeah, I don't know why. It he's like, bro, sense. I know where, I'm, where my standings are. <laughs> now that I look at that, there was no reason for me to do that. You know how sometimes you text the wrong person because you're talking about them? Yeah. And you're like, oh God. Yes. At least it was that. And so then I said, hey, we're... I said, wait, we're in East. So we're in Eastern Tennessee, going to watch golf all day. Hope you get him. He goes, let's go to be a nice walk. Is it? And then I said, yo, dude, we're talking. Then the thing from today. Yeah, a little aggressive on my part. And then also, <laughs> I sent him a screenshot of his own scoreboard. Yeah, that's weird, man. Which I meant to send to Eddie. Yeah. Hey, at least he wasn't like 100th or something like that. And you sent that, you yeah. know, it's top 10. Rubbing it in. Yeah, like, <laughs> hey, check this guy out. <laughs> Oof. Or yeah, you texted Eddie. Now I'm nervous. He he out of the top 10. <laughs> yeah. We We're lost saying, money. Nah, on this you're guy. Good. All right, I'm moving on. You're good. He's just busy, man. Send him another screenshot, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, and Eddie and I did not win money. We, we lost did not. money on betting on that. I'm going to be filling in for Rich Eisen on Thursday and Friday of this week. Let's on go. The Rich Eisen show, which I'm very excited about. Rich Eisen called me, and I called him back, and I was all nervous. And I was like, like telling, I, I, okay, I'm be, don't put this up as a video. It can say on the podcast, don't put it up as a video. <laughs> I knew he was going to call me at like 3 p.m. Central. And his flight got delayed or something because he was like, hey, sorry, I'm just getting off a flight and I could hear things around. And it was like 3.12 or something. And I answer. But I, I thought he was going to forget me altogether. I, didn't, I also didn't know why I was calling. That's freaking Rich Eisen. He's calling me. That's cool. And so I answer and I put him on speaker. But after about 10 minutes, I was like, yeah, I'll just go ahead and play my Madden game against my buddy Steve. And so I put him on and the PS5, you talk to the controller. You don't need a headset. Sounds just fine talking to the controller and speaker to the controller. So I let I let Steve hear me talk to Rich Eisen on speakerphone. And he was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard him. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, I know, man. That's, that's super awesome. cool. Yeah. But Rich was just like, hey, man, when you come on, it's your show. He said, it's called the Rich Eisen Show, but don't feel like you have to go by anything that we do. He's like, all my guys will be there, but you do whatever you want to do. Don't have to you know, book anybody you don't want to book. But we'll, we'll try to get him. Just was super cool. He was like, I just want to tell you that with my own mouth. This is yours. You're in for two days. Do whatever you want. Like, obviously, 
he's at the combine and I'll talk to him once, I think each day. But otherwise he's like, do what you want to do. And so they were like, Hey, who do you want to book? And I don't know. Who do we book? And so Mike and I were talking and then we just decided to get selfish and just book people we wanted to meet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was the only goal was like, let's just ask for people we want to meet. And if they're also on the show, okay, cool. But we don't know who we're getting, but I selfishly, so I went on Craig Kilborn's podcast like six months ago. So I messaged him. I was like, hey, you want to come be my guest in person on Eisen? Yeah, I'll be there. So he's coming in Thursday. That's That's awesome. awesome. Like Craig Kilborn. So I was like, this is super cool. Awesome. And like, I felt like he was going to say, yeah, if he could. But Mike, he was just on. He was just in, right? Easy, yeah. That's And he lives out there. So it's just a, you know, a few minute drive. And so Mike... I said, Mike, whoever you want, just request them. And now these were long shots, <laughs> but Mike requested Michael B. Jordan. Oh, hey, yeah, oh, he had a movie coming out on okay. Friday. Right. And if he's around, right? That you may not be, be around. Awesome. I requested Pod, uh, Pedro Pascal, the, whatever the guy from last The of Last us. of Us, the main guy. Oh, he's oh. the Mandalorian? I never watched that show. Yeah, he's oh, the Mandalorian. That guy's cool. I my like my wife name. says he's so funny on social media. Yeah, he's great. So I requested him. We've requested some other, but we, we just got a bit selfish with our ass. So you're just like, we're in Hollywood. Let's just go for everyone. Yeah. Then I was like, uh, Baker Mayfield. I, <laughs> I, I said Baker because I don't know yeah, if he's in LA not? still with the Rams working uh-huh. out. I don't know. Yeah. So have we heard back about any of them yet? Uh, they reached out about Baker Mayfield. Okay. Let's go. Wow. Thursday and Friday. That's I'll be awesome, in there. Dude. They said Michael B. Jordan is a long shot and Pedro. Yeah, great. I didn't hear no. <laughs> My whole career has <laughs> no. been a long shot, you know? Yeah. No one ever chance. thought. That's right. So I'll be on Thursday and Friday, and I'm super pumped about that. The end on that little situation. Let's go to the Chesson hotline. Still no. Uh. <laughs> no text. Okay. Matt Ryan, where should he go? Because uh, we talk about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. well, he's going somewhere. We talk about Aaron Rodgers. We talk about the domino that if he ends up going to the Jets, where does that put Carr? What is... Lamar do what is we can go down all that that everybody's talking about the quarterbacks in the draft also but if you were Matt Ryan where would you go right you that doesn't mean you can go you know what I demand to start for the Chiefs you can't you're Matt Ryan you have to talk realistically if you're Matt Ryan where do you go (laughs) take 15 seconds think about that Mm -hmm. Coleman if you're Matt Ryan where do you go play quarterback ideal world the Jets but because I believe in their young talent. They killed the draft this last year. Um, so in an ideal world, if I'm Matt Ryan, I'd like to go to the Jets, be in New York. But can he pick where he gets to go? Well, Has he done well enough lately to do that? If I'm Matt Ryan, I'm going to Kansas City <laughs> as the backup. Yeah. Oh, I see that. Yeah. They yeah. love Chad Henney over there, though. He retired. He retired. Oh, yeah. he's he was done? On, he was on the airplane with the trophy going like, that's it, I'm out. Oh, Went wow. out on top. Good for him, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, that's not bad then. I think I probably go and ring chase a little bit with Kansas City and be a. Now I don't know if he still feels like he can start, and if so, does he wait around, wait for somebody to get hurt? Go. That's so interesting to go to Kansas City just to be a backup and get that ring, mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, then go. It's so interesting. If Mahomes ever goes down, to have all those weapons, have that's Andy Reid, you can prove yourself, and then maybe you get you know a better contract as a starter the next year. I don't know. He's 107 though. <laughs> that's like, true. <laughs> Kevin, how about this? The Niners. Yeah, with Shanahan. That would be my second pick. Go back to Shanahan. They always get hurt. All their quarterbacks. That's true. Well, He'll play at some point. Uh, the the quarterback to get hurt his arm. Uh, Purdy? Purdy. Yeah, Purdy. Brock Purdy. It's so swollen, he couldn't even have surgery. Yeah. So it's even more delayed than the already 
delay of having that surgery late going into next season. So you're talking about his inflammation is not down. I can remember a full medical prognosis, but I can't remember the word purdy. Is he following <laughs> along here? Purdy. It's been a long. Trey Lance, who knows what's going on. So excellent place for him to go because yeah. he will probably get to play some sort. And if they need somebody to kind of be a stopgap for one of those two guys, I don't know what they're going to do with that quarterback situation, though. Let's just take everybody being hurt out of it. Purdy, who's probably not going to be 100% when the season starts, which sucks for him. But Purdy and Trey Lance, let's say they're both completely healthy. What would you do? You got to go with Lance. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. You invested so, invested so much in him. Much yeah. in him. Yeah. What do you go, three, five? Three, I believe. They moved I, up. I feel three. like three, two, but I wouldn't wouldn't bet my house on it. But yeah, I think you have to go with Lance, even though Purdy played so well for so long. And Purdy will be an extremely attractive trade bait. Oh, yeah. You have a lot of teams that probably trade for him. Where'd he go? It was third. Yeah. yeah. But they Eddie, had to where, move up. Where would you go? You've heard us give our answers now. Tampa Bay. To, to take, start? You think you're starting? To start for Tampa Bay. Yes. Fill in for Tom's shoes. You got a lot of weapons over there. You think they're gonna you think they would start? I mean, I don't know. You're asking me to pick. I'd go to, I'd go to Tampa <laughs> yeah, Bay. Yeah, but you also are picking based on reality. <laughs> <laughs> they need someone over there. Matt Ryan's the dude. Let's give it a shot. You you think they would ha- have him come in as the starting quarterback? Yeah, well, I mean, who who, who else are they going to get? Free agent market, draft quarterback. Yeah, trade up. Bears are going to trade their number one pick. I don't see how they. I don't see how and why they wouldn't. Obviously, they like old dudes that were really good back in the day. The so. quarterback two in Tampa now is the 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 Florida backup. All right, he's Trask. Played, he played at Florida. Yeah, no. oh, Trask. Yeah. And so I was listening t- to them talk about him. They're like, yeah, Trask, our guys, we're ready for. I think they're just saying that. Mm-hmm. Until they can get one. I mean, where's Garoppolo going to go? People forget about Garoppolo. I mean, he got hurt, but he's fine. He'll be good. Mm-hmm. Boy, 49ers quarterbacks are all just like something's wrong with it. If yeah. you played quarterback, if you're still on the team, if you were on the team, everybody got hurt last year. Yeah. But I, I thought the Matt Ryan question was interesting because what would you do? Go to a bad team and be a starter or go to a really good team and have a chance to extend your career, be an awesome backup and win a championship? Yeah, you got to get that ring. Is that what they want? They just want that ring at that age? I guess he was so close to that ring mm-hmm. when Brady comes back and beats him. I mean, it's that's the that's the worst. Is it the worst come, Super Bowl comeback? Oh, like yeah. The biggest well, deficit that ever? Was pretty yeah. bad, man. I think it was the best, but yeah. No, the, the worst. <laughs> hey, the and worst. then they kept showing the owner. He was like, he'd go down to the field like, yeah, we got this. Yeah. What? what? Did you guys see any baseball pitch clock stuff? Um, I did see it, but I've, I, I've seen that in the minors here. Uh-huh. Like, and I loved it as far as just being a, like a spectator on it. I love the 15 second clock. So Let's Kevin, go. Exp- explain, because I saw a game ended because of the pitch clock and I watched a few d- and then listen, I'm not going to get into a bunch of freaking spring training. <laughs> yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> no, I mean, even just me personally, <laughs> I had too much I had college basketball going on. Uh, I was trying to make out my wife. Is a whole thing. Good, you know? good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah, a lot yeah. of effort right there. <laughs> Kevin, explain the new rule. So between batters, they have 30 seconds from when the pitcher gets the ball, batter needs to come in to get the pitch off. And then between pitches, if the bases are empty, you have 20 seconds. If there's a runner on, you have 15, or 15 seconds with bases empty, 20 with the runner on base. And the pitcher must start his motion before the clock stops. The batter must get in. Before the eight-second mark, if he's not in ready to go at the eight-second mark, then 
he gets a strike, the pitcher will get a ball called on them, and we saw it happen in the Red Sox-Braves game the other day. Old people hate this because it's so not what baseball is about. But if baseball is going to survive, we got to kill all the old people. <laughs> wow. Really. Baseball is my favorite sport. It's the, it's the best at it. Played the most of it. Watched it. I mean, if the Cubs played 162 games, I probably watched 150 of them. It's almost unwatchable, a whole game. It's almost like something that's just on that you check back in on. Unless it's the playoffs of the World Series. And they got to do stuff like this. And yes, it doesn't look like baseball. There's a big shot clock. But think about every other major sport. Football, play clock, basketball, shot clock. Mm -hmm. Why does baseball have the liberty to freaking just hold on to the ball and make us sit there three and a half hours watching a game? So yes, it doesn't feel like what is traditionally that baseball feeling like we're here at the day at the park. All, but you can't do that anymore. Attention spans are much shorter. Oh, yeah. So I'm a big advocate of it. And I think if the clock runs out, you should just hit the batter. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. I saw a video on Twitter today, actually. They had they put up a video of Jose Altuve hitting the inside the park home run and a pitcher in the 2016 NLDS. Between pitches, Jose ran seven inside the park home runs before the next pitch, if that makes wow, sense. Wow, yeah. Seven. They showed how, how long it would have been before the next pitch, yeah. and they used his inside the park home runs as the metric. That's yes. cool. It took seven of them. Seven. It's baseball just gotten too boring because it's like, all right, here we go, pitch them. Well, nothing happened. Because most pitches, nothing happens. Mm -hmm. And it takes a long time in between nothing happening. So when there's a long time in between nothing happening, people are going to get bored. It's very rare you hear a 15 or 16-year-old go like, I love baseball. Oh, I want to play baseball. Baseball is the coolest thing. That doesn't happen anymore. Because it's not. Because the traditionalists have made the game so freaking boring. Like, I wouldn't say made it. They've held it so boring. Look at basketball. They've shortened the shot clock. They put up a three-point line. I mean, you can go through all the different generations and iterations and they've made mistakes at times. They've made it, made it better other, but they're constantly trying to evolve and making the game more fun to watch for the consumer. Baseball does, didn't do that. They're not doing that because you have traditionalists going, this is not how baseball should have been. Can you imagine we're still playing in freaking leather helmets with no face mask going, oh my God. no, it's the same football. I guess you're just a puss. <laughs> no. The field goal right in the middle of the end zone. Yeah, people, people dying, running a slant. Yes. So I know a lot of people were upset. I was reading it online. A lot of people were upset about the clock. What about pitchers? What do they think about it? Because it's just new for everybody, so everybody kind of hates it. Yeah, because I mean, with pitchers, it's so much tempo. You know, like I slow down, take that breath, imagine me at Disney World, <laughs> then pitch. You, you know, know? You, we talked about culture and how you don't have it on your basketball team. And that's why you lost. I mean, it's a cult. Baseball and their day to day is a culture. They go on their own schedule. They go slower, as fast as they want this pitch. They can't do that anymore. It's going to almost now be a forced new culture that people have to adapt to, which is great. There's about four things I would do with baseball. I agree with you. I, there would be, I, I would do football and baseball, and there would be computerized ump assistance with lasers. Yeah. Why like, are we not there? Right. Why are we not there? And why do we pick and choose what technology we use and don't? Oh, we mm -hmm. can have instant replay with all the cameras, but oh, I don't want a, a laser going across tell us if they really scored. That's a little Come too on. much. No, we're already using technology to better. What's the difference? And the, whatever they do in tennis to make that little yes, thing yes. reenact mm -hmm. what happened with that ball is amazing. That's what they need to do across the Same board. Same thing with a strike zone. Let's put a freaking digital strike zone up there. The batter can't see it. But it's there. 
And the ump's just there to, I don't know, look good with that big chest plate on. Yeah. Call plays at call plays at the plate. Mm-hmm. We don't need to have a balls and strikes human because humans error. And we have the ability for there to be no error. But traditionalists, ah, it's not how it used to be. That's what I was trying to tell my ref. Man. Amen, buddy. You know what? I'm on <laughs> That's your side. exactly it. All right, back to the chess and hotline. Nothing. Oh. Looks like we're at we're we're out. Okay. We're gonna go and hear Coleman talk to Coach Casey Alexander of Belmont. What was this about, Coleman? Yeah, just uh kind of the same interview that I've done with every coach. I just run through their career, take me through the beginning, your journey, where all you've been, and then ask them questions about the current team as they approach March Madness. Every single coach I've interviewed has been incredible. It's been an amazing experience, a dream for me, honestly. Um, but Coach Alexander specifically, he was he was awesome. There's no need to edit this part, but we're going to work with Coleman a little bit here too. So <laughs> no, don't set it up like... You know, all of them been the same. You'd be like, the same is, old interview. You're like, this is what I do. <laughs> it's a, you're saying the same thing. You'd be like, this is what I do. I go in, we talk about, Coleman's like, yeah, it's the same freaking crap. There's but, nothing <laughs> nothing new, really. It's just, you know, you like, heard the last one. I mean, it's just me doing the same generic, like, form you. No, I, man. I, I wouldn't listen to it. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> sorry, he's like sorry, you know I, what I do. <laughs> so I set that up horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. But we're learning, right? Yes, absolutely. Right. So, Coleman, what'd you do with uh, Coach Casey Alexander of Belmont? So with Coach Alexander, talk with him about his team season. They're really clicking at the right time. They just transitioned into the Missouri Valley from the Ohio Valley Conference. So is there the, a difference? I mean, yeah, in, in like a difference. competitive play. Absolutely. So the Ohio Valley Conference, it was pretty much just them and Murray State that ran it year after year. Now the Missouri Valley gives them a better chance to get in that large bid. So if they don't win the conference tournament, that's not the case this year. But in the future, that's the goal. Um, and Belmont has was expected to not do great in that transition, given a, a tougher level of competition. And they've done exceptionally well, have a chance to win the championship this weekend in uh, St. Louis. Oh, that'd be cool. I mean, they're local, too. Yeah. Here. Yeah. I mean, that's why Coleman's here. Uh, here is Coach Casey Alexander of Belmont with Coleman. Coach, I wanted to ask you, you played here, great player here, when Belmont was back in the NAIA, what's it like to be coaching your former alma mater? Yeah, well, first of all, a great player is quite a stretch. I was not a great player. I was a good player on some great teams, um, but it is kind of, um, you know, it's pretty amazing how God works, in my opinion. You know, here I am almost 30 years later, or I guess 30 years later, as the head coach. I was an assistant coach for 16 years after I played. And then I left for eight years. Uh, so to be back now as the head coach, this is in our fourth season. It's been awesome. To take it even further back, you get your first head coaching job at Stetson. What was that like 16 years as an assistant, if, if I've got that right? Um, what was that like getting your first head coaching job at the Division One ranks? Well, it was exciting, but it was also a challenge. You know, Belmont is all that I knew. I mean, I had played for Coach Bird, and that's the only person I'd ever worked for. So I had very little experience outside of – my Belmont experience, which thankfully was good, and our teams were good, so um, at least I had that in my back pocket. But, uh, you know, you go to a new state, you move your family, uh, and you, you take on a new challenge. And, you know, largely I assumed it would be the same, just different, uh, mm-hmm. but it was really just different. Uh, there, was, there were a lot of challenges that, you know, that we encountered those first couple of years. I grew up a lot um, as a coach, as a person, as a man, uh, and so – 
Um, even though it had some challenges, I mean, it was probably the most, you know, the most influential two years of my life uh, that I wouldn't trade for anything. Mm-hmm. What was it like that transition? You stay in the same conference, but then come back to your original college city, being the head coach at Lipscomb. Yeah, well, and Belmont was in the same league when I went to Stetson, so I was, right. I was Belmont, then Stetson, then Lipscomb, all three of those teams in the A Sun, which is pretty unusual. Uh, you know, and when I left Belmont, I never thought that I would be returning to Nashville uh, mm-hmm. to coach. I mean, you, it just doesn't work that way very often. Um, so I was very fortunate uh, to be in a place in Lipscomb that I knew very well. I knew a lot of people there. I grew up with a lot of people that were at Lipscomb, very familiar for obvious reasons. And um, and so that part was really seamless. You know, I mean, the job was still the job, and I had a new team with new players and, and a lot to cover. But, um, but it was really a great time for me, an exciting time, and a great six years. I loved my time at Lipscomb. Take me through the emotions of winning a conference tournament championship. You punch your first ever bid to the NCAA tournament in 2018. What was that like? Yeah, well, it was the first for Lipscomb at the time, uh, you know, and it was it was done in an impressive fashion. We go to Florida Gulf Coast. It was phenomenal that year, and we we had a, we were almost up, or almost 30 points at halftime. So it was we surprised a lot of people. We had to hang on uh, by the skin of our teeth to survive the game. But you know, it was awesome to see those kids get that experience. I mean, that's ultimately in college basketball, and that is the pinnacle and what everybody wants to do is play in the NCAA tournament. And so um, it was a really rewarding experience for those guys, a great opportunity for Lipscomb and, a, and kind of a, you know, a memory you'll certainly never forget. Conversely, take me through the lows of losing in that conference tournament final to Liberty in 2019, but then somehow getting your guys to rally, win four straight and get to the finals uh, for a chance to play to win an NIT championship in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, Bar. really the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. I mean, you know, we uh, that 2019 was team was better than the 2018 that went to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that went to the NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, to lose in that championship game, I can't, I don't know if it was overtime or not, but I know it was down to the wire and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and to a really good Liberty team, we were all pretty devastated, you know, that we didn't get over the hump and go back to back. And so, you know, the next best option was the NIT and, you know, and, and, Truthfully, nobody's ex- ever excited about playing in the NIT because it means you're not in the NCAA tournament. But we win our first game at Davidson, who's a proud program, and mm-hmm. uh, and then we kind of go on from there. Uh, you know, beat NC State at NC State uh, for the chance to go to New York City, and then we win our first game in New York City against Wichita State, and lose to Texas in the finals. And so to think about thousands upon thousands of Lipscomb people at the time in New York, in New York City <laughs> celebrating their team, you know, on national TV, which at that time, you know, you had the final four teams that were left and those final two in the, in the NIT. So we were playing pretty late into the season, which right. was awesome. Yeah, that's neat. What about in 2020, your first year coaching at Belmont, again, your alma mater, you win the conference tournament by one point. And then a week later, have your season canceled due to COVID. Take me through those emotions. Yeah, another crazy year, you know. And we didn't get off to the start that season that we wanted to. I think at one point maybe we were six and four in the conference, and then we won our next ten to win the regular season outright. And then, and then we have the virtual buzzer beater game in the championship against our rival Murray State to go to the NCAA tournament. And so, I mean, real storybook ending right there. And I, you know, we can remember being at that tournament talking about COVID not knowing what COVID was and mm-hmm. you know and, and really downplaying it like yeah well I mean that's kind of crazy but no, right. you never know what's going to happen and then you know that was a Saturday uh, we took Sunday Monday and Tuesday off came back on Wednesday and that's the day the NBA shut down and the next day was the day the NCAA tournament was canceled and so it was devastating for our players but we're really grateful 
that we had the experience of our conference tournament, the championship game that we won, and we knew we had earned our way into the NCAA tournament. A lot of, a lot of leagues and conferences out there didn't get that opportunity, so Absolutely. Uh, we're glad that we did. Absolutely. Great, great way to look at it. Uh, transitioning into the present year, what was it like, you know, going from an Ohio Valley Conference, which was pretty much a two-horse race, you'd have the occasional third team or more head in Austin P, to then transitioning to a big-time step-up, a big-time mid-major in the Missouri Valley? What were your expectations in that transition? Well, there were a lot of unknowns. Uh, you know, we lose five fifth-year seniors and, you know, small conference guys and, you know, all, all-time record holders. Uh, so the timing was bad. Uh, and then we lose two out of our three returning players to transfer, which was a very unusual scenario for us. So seven out of our top eight from Mm -hmm. last year are gone. And the decision to move to the Missouri Valley, although we talked about it and I knew that it was possible, you know, it was really a situation where it's like, hey, bang, you're in the Missouri Valley. You know, there's no preparation for it. Yeah. So we we took what we had and where we were and, you know, and all of a sudden we're in the Missouri Valley, which is a much deeper conference, a much more competitive conference from top to bottom. And mm-hmm. and, and so there was a lot of questions, you know, but here we are, you know, several months later. And uh, on one hand, we've at least survived it. Uh, Absolutely. We, we survived at times. Uh, you know, we were we were in or tied for first place for the better part of the conference season. We haven't finished like we wanted to, but it's been an awesome experience. Uh, you know, we've got a long way to go. We've got to continue to get better to be uh, as successful in the Missouri Valley as we were in the OVC or in the A-Sun. But Belmont gives us a great opportunity to do that. We've got everything we need here to win games uh, and to win the right way. How critical a role has Ben Shepard played being the only guy returning the average more than three points a game last year in helping develop the newcomer, newcomers and establish what we do here at Belmont, your culture, your identity. Yeah, we have to give Ben a lot of credit for any success that this team has had. Uh, you know, he he t- he had plenty of opportunities to go elsewhere. There were a lot of people calling, uh, unfortunately, uh, illegally, uh, but, <laughs> but he chose to stay because Belmont had given him a great experience, and um, and he knew that this was a great place for him to finish out his career. So, in hindsight, it's really awesome to see him kind of reap the benefits. Uh, that he wanted, you know, he, he wanted to be a, an all-conference player. He wanted to be talked about as a conference player of the year candidate. And, um, and he certainly accomplished those things. And we've got some team goals still out there for us. But, but Ben's been awesome from beginning to end. I mean, he has been very consistent. The model of consistency, um, efficient, um, a leader. Uh, and really has just performed at a high level. He continues to get better. That's the best part about Ben is um, from day one on campus till tonight, senior night, he's continues to get better and the best is yet to come. Despite all that you lost from transitioning from last season into this year, you guys still just two games back of first place through 18 games in the Missouri Valley. What type of confidence does having swept a team like a Bradley, who's tied first in the standings, give your team going into Arch Madness next year? Yeah, week? you know, I think that that's. I told you we had a lot of questions, you know, unanswered questions, but a lot of those have now been answered. You know, we 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 would much prefer to be regular season champions and going in as the number one seed, but I, I do think that our team knows it can be anybody in the tournament, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll have to play well. It's an unbelievable three or four days, uh, you know, and, and you can't go in there and just win by accident, but <laughs> um, but at least we know we can play with the best teams in this league, and, you know, that gives yourself a chance, which is really all you need. When you're doing X well, You've got a chance to punch your bid to go to the NCAA tournament. What is that? Yeah, scoring, scoring the ball, and you get it from the three point line. I mean, yeah. that's kind of who we've always been, you know. And I, I hate to, 
I hate to minimize how important I think the rest of the game is or how effective I think we are at the rest of the game. I, I think we're good enough defensively. I think we've got the right mentality for all things. But we are always at our best when we are playing really well offensively. It's fun to watch. It's fun to play. And, mm-hmm. and shots are typically going in. I've got two more questions for you, Coach. Two of your four leading scorers being freshmen. How um, impressed have you been, I guess, by their maturity level? And then how much does it, does that excite you for your program building going forward in the future years? Yeah, Jacoby Gillespie and Kate Tyson since day one, you know, we, you always have high expectations for your freshmen when they come in. You don't sign them unless you think they're going to be really good, you know, but it doesn't work out that way for everybody and certainly not uh, at an immediate level. Uh, but both of those guys, Jacoby kind of had some things thrust upon him because our starting point guard, Keyshawn Davidson, was out the first six games, so he was accelerated into the mix probably more than he would have been. But he but he took the bull by the horns, and he's been great, uh, you know, from start to finish and, and has never really looked like a freshman out there. And then Kay Tyson, who is um, – Gosh, the guy came in the first week in the summer as a, as a true freshman, and you could tell how serious he was about the game, uh, how important it is, how competitive he is, um, just how much it matters. And, and I've said several times, he has earned his success, uh, and that's, um, that's something to be said for anybody. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, last question, Coach. As someone that's been a head coach in three different leagues, how do you like the conference tournament set up? The A-Sun does the home court advantage for the higher seeds. OVC, you've got a double buy situation. Missouri Valley, pretty much standard how the standings are. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think it's all relevant to where you are. You know, it, I think everybody would prefer a neutral site tournament with a lot of fanfare and excitement. It's, it's the truest way probably that, you know, to make it fair if that's what you're looking for. But mm-hmm. but all conferences can't really pull that off. You know, the A-Sun is so widespread, a, 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 um, a, a neutral site tournament in that league makes it really tough to have the environment that the kids deserve, uh, especially in the championship level game. And so I, I think the way that they do it is very appropriate. I mm-hmm. think Missouri Valley, I mean, its tournament's been 30-something years running in St. Louis and, and gets great uh, fan participation and, and schools across this league or, or you know pour into St. Louis for that tournament. So it'll be a it'll be the experience that our guys need. Ultimately, you want the players to have a great experience, and so whatever gives them the best chance is the way you go. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Coach Alexander, for your time. Wishing you and the Bruins best of luck the rest of the way. You bet. Thank you. All right. Thanks to Coach Belmont Bears Bruins. Ah, close so enough. close. Close enough. They, they are bear. a bear. They are bears. bears. Yeah. They're just brewing yeah. bears, like yeah. UCLA. I guess be. I've just seen a bear on those billboards. Yeah, any they have a chance? Yeah, they do. The top six teams um, could all win in the Missouri Valley. Okay, let's say if they win the Missouri Valley, what would they go in as a twelve? Probably thirteen, fourteen, and thirteen, probably. Who's one of these teams you've seen that will go in as a twelve, thirteen? But you know, if they win their tournament and they get in, they're going to be undervalued. But they have size, athleticism. Like who is that team that we're passing over right now mm-hmm. because of their name? There's several for me, but the most the team that I've seen that I'd pick that uh, description the most is Marshall. Marshall has NBA talent on the court, and Tavion Kinsey, um, Andy Taylor is another. They have two guards that average over 20 points a game. It's a terrific duo, and offensively they can absolutely click and just outscore even a power six team. And no chance they get in if they don't win the tournament, right? Correct. Any of these gotta win. Any of these schools from these mid majors can any of them get in if they don't win their tournament? 
The only one that I've seen that has a chance and it's an outside shot is Charleston out of the Colonial Conference. They had a great non-conference year. I think only three losses on the season. But yeah, screw Memphis. I just wanted to yell, screw Memphis. <laughs> Memphis will yeah. be able to get in um, if they lose. Oh. And then Houston as well. I screw Memphis. Houston. Yeah, think of Houston, hard. obviously. Yeah. Okay, nice job there. There's uh, Coleman. You can follow Coleman. Uh, give, you, give out your name. Your- Sharp Shot Select on TikTok and Twitter. That's where you can follow me, and I post all my content of these games. I mean, for the next two weeks. Sharp Shot Select. Yes. Why is that your name? Uh, originally, it was a bracketology and gambling picks Twitter, and I like alliteration. I, I thought it sounded good when I was a junior in college. <laughs> <laughs> you can change Love it. That. Yeah, I guess I can now. I mean, now will be the time to – you don't have to, but it's like I'm always looking. I'm like, at C-O-L-E-M. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, there's nobody there. I think it's like Shooter Boy. Shooter Boy. <laughs> it just it's – just, I don't know, man. It's like you need all three to match. Right. Two, you know? Like, right. Coleman's sack. <laughs> I don't know if Coleman it's that. Coleman's sack. Yeah. I can think oh, of man, I was sack. thinking something completely different. No, I was too. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, but it's like sharp. I don't know. I don't know. We got to. We need like a makeover with Coleman. Yeah. Makeover the like, branding. Um, okay, so a couple things. Dame went off for 71. They were dumping stuff on him after the game last night. It's pretty cool. 71 points. I mean, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. That's a ball hog. That's also. <laughs> Pass the ball. That's also someone who's. Then the team starts to work together to make sure he can break 70. Like, there was a point in the game where it was, all right, we're about to get him. First of all, it was going to be 60. And then, like, let's get him 70. So, number eight all time ties Donovan Mitchell for the most points in the game this season when Donovan Mitchell and Cleveland went for I mean, the fact that they're going for 71 points. Imagine if they took the shot clock to, like, 15. The amount of points we'd see in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Hey, baseball's doing it. Why can't they follow along? Yeah. Yeah. Let's speed it up a little bit. Uh, Lillard went 13 for 22 from three. Think about that. 13 for 26 would be 50%. Mm -hmm. He went 13 for 22. So that's pretty awesome. The Blazers are still 11th in the West, so you got to be 10th to get one of the play-in spots. So, But I was looking at the West. Like the Lakers, by the way, there's like three or four teams. I think the Lakers are like 13 and a half out overall right now. Mm -hmm. But maybe like... 11 and a They're close. There's like four or five teams. The Lakers are like three games out of like the sixth spot, which is crazy. And LeBron's like, I'm going to play these next set of games that are most important in my career. I saw AD hit that clutch shot at the end to win the game. Wow. LeBron was limping out of after the game, hurt. So I don't know what that means as of right now. Said he heard a pop is what yeah. he was saying when he went down. Well, that's not good. Right. And he's I- He's also him and Matt Ryan, you know. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah. Well, I watched like the first, you know, quarter of the game, and I thought like, hey, you know, like Kyrie and Luca are playing pretty well together. Like there wasn't a lot of ball hockey. They blew it. And then I just could go back and check the score. I'm like, what? Yeah, they blew That's it. That's crazy. Uh, in basketball over the weekend, Houston won. Alabama beat Arkansas by three, but it's tough. We're, we're, we're starting to click and be pretty good. Yeah, man. We got Nick Smith back. We're going to go into the tournament, hopefully. As like a seven, eight, nine, ten, and it isn't going to be fun for whomever gets put. Even if we lose, you want that team to be bad, and we're not going to be that bad. So it was good. They're gonna we're gonna play Tennessee on Tuesday, Arkansas, and then I'm gonna try to go to the Kentucky game Saturday. Nice, nice. I'm gonna try if you want to go Saturday. I think so. Let me let me make the call. Let me. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, a, but you know how it works. I gotta wait for the right time. I know, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even officially. Maybe you can go ahead and see. Okay. 
And then if we go, well, you've, you're already set in place. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay. Um, Kansas beats West Virginia, but West Virginia played pretty well. They went back and forth the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas only won by two. UCLA beat Colorado. Finally saw my first UCLA game. You did? Yeah. They only scored think, 60 points. They really didn't play that well, No, they honestly. Didn't. Yeah. It, again, I didn't watch. I was flipping, and I watched like three minutes of that game straight. And I don't think, it was like baseball, watching baseball. Mm-hmm. There's nothing happening. Uh, let's see. Indiana beat Purdue. A good win for Indiana. Huge. There was a, Oh, the North Carolina win. Who was shocked by that? They needed it. They had, yeah. They beat Virginia 71-63. I couldn't believe they won, period. But North Carolina led early. Mm-hmm. And then just pretty much... Won, it was like what they call a horse winning. They they What do they say? They won it going away. They won the race going away. Yeah, that's They thing, start yeah. in the lead, and they just go, and they just kind of have it the whole time. And for a North Carolina team that's been t- terrible oh, yeah. to beat Virginia. Uh, well, and Virginia was th- coming off a bad loss, too, like against Boston College, I think. Yes. So, yeah. like, they're falling apart. There are some 8 to 11, 11 seeds that are going to be very dangerous just because of their talent. They've been so inconsistent, but they have the talent to make a deep run. We watched North Carolina do it last year. They could yeah. do it again. Arkansas, Kentucky. And this Man, is Kentucky's a year, starting to play really well too now. I, I hate know, it. They are. I know. This is a year with no dominant team. I could see it being like 2014. That was the year Kentucky made it to the national title uh, title game. I want to say as an eight seed. I mean, something like that could happen with an Arkansas Kentucky. Please keep Carolina. saying that because <laughs> I'm so homer and bias. But yeah, Kentucky's play, starting to play really good, and I hate that because they are so long. They are so athletic. They can shoot the ball. Oscar, it, it's dangerous. Well, Oscar, Oscar mm-hmm. hasn't played that well this year. No, he hasn't, but he's still but, yeah. dominating. There are certain games where he puts up like 20 and 20. Yeah. And you're like, oh, crap. But then there's, there are games where after the game, Cal's like, yeah, we should have played Oscar a little less. And I'm like, you just said that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I hate the Kentucky's getting good. We beat them bad in their home, and they're going to, that's next Saturday. It's who we're playing in Arkansas. I wish they sucked a little more right now, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I do. You're getting Tennessee at the right time, though. Uh, there's no such right. Listen, I went to Knoxville last year to watch us play them in Knoxville, which is what we're doing again. That's a tough place to play. Never been to a basketball game there when they were good. Yeah. It was a tough place. What a brutal close to you all season. Alabama, Kentucky, yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, it's, it's pretty tough, but let's go. We're ready. We're SC tournament next week. I got two tickets to every SC tournament game. I gave them away except for the Arkansas ones. So hopefully we don't have to play on Thursday. We play Friday, Saturday, hopefully Sunday. Cause you, you gave the other games away? Mm. Like uh, same no, seats? I just or? didn't want them. Oh. I had tickets in a box. Got it. And then I was like, ah, but I think I'm going to go sit with the team. And it's not, when you sit behind with the coaches and the families, you don't have tickets for the whole day. Like some of those are tickets are. Yeah, we didn't or, know or that. Or sessions. We didn't know that. So we sat, I'll sit there, but those are only for one game because I got to get the other coach's family in. The close people in. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. When we went last year, we went the game before and we were sitting down like, uh, you guys are in our seats. Like you gotta, We're like, no, we're here. You got to get out. Third row. <laughs> and, and they're, they're like, like, no, no, no. Not how it oh, works. They're like, no, oh, yeah. They're like, oh, you must be like part of the team. It's not how it works. This is the only section that turn over every game because we have to bring in the close the family and stuff. Yeah. We were like, oh. That makes sense. sense. The, <laughs> yeah, and the guy who us out was that ref who ref Eddie. <laughs> Same dude. <And> so, <laughs> I'm still pissed about that. A mm-hmm. uh, couple final things. The Bears have been approached by a bunch of teams. Uh, this morning, it was tweeted, and Schefter's want to put it out. I'll read it to you. The Bears have been approached by multiple teams about trading the draft's number one overall pick. Chicago is also said to be leaning toward moving the pick, so the number one pick is for sale. 
Yeah, duh. If I'm the Bears, I'd, I don't trade fields. I don't trade. For what? What are you going to do? For a pick? For what other quarterback are you going to trade? They're going to franchise tag Lamar. If he doesn't want to sign, they're going to tag him. There's, no, uh, there's nothing to trade him for. What, what would they trade him for? A pick? Bryce? CJ Stroud? It's I mean, crazy how good he Will looks Levis. this year and how bad they were. I mean, but who do you trade him for? You have three. No, I'm saying he's not the issue. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. But, I'm, but even the fact that people are talking about it, any, all these quarterbacks are so unpredictable in what they're going to do next level. I mean, even look at Trevor Lawrence. He went to a bad situation in Jacksonville and looked terrible. People are like, well, Trevor Lawrence, bust. How many of these awesome quarterbacks go to bad programs? And, situ- and it's just like, well, they never worked out. Yep. But it was only because, well, Tim Couch had the worst Browns organization in the NFL. I mean, it was just, it's all based on where you are as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, they're not going to, I just don't see them trading Justin Fields. And I would trade down too. Yeah. Trade the one, get a bulk of picks. Get, Depth of talent. Get a, yeah. Yeah. And then you can even use that next year if you don't feel good about Justin Seal to move up for Caleb Williams or Drake May or something like that. Now, Caleb Williams, I'd be in on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Caleb Williams, I would be in on. He's legit. I don't like him. Yeah. Same. I, I just didn't like what, him. What, yeah, why don't you guys like him? I don't OU. like Oklahoma. Okay. OU stuff. That's it. Going with Lincoln to USC. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and... and yeah. You know, if Bobby left, I'd go with him, guys, right? <laughs> you know that. I get it. I get and him I, leaving, but I'm going to be upset with the both of them. Absolutely. And, I have, and I'm now a cousin fan. I mean, I'm not a know you fan, yeah. but I'm like somebody's cousin <laughs> where I'm like, well, that's my cousin. You know, they're doing pretty good or they're doing bad. I got to I gotta roll with them a little bit. And so I know you and all the fans hate Lincoln Riley and hate Caleb Williams. And those fans happen to be my wife <laughs> and her parents. Your family. I'm like an Oklahoma cousin. <laughs> Fan. I did post a video, and I'll end on this. I did post a – we'll do the final thought. I did post a video on my Twitter where I was wishing our head softball coach, Courtney Diefel, like a congratulations because she's now the winningest softball coach in Arkansas history. She turned that program from being a really bad softball program to a really good softball program. And I post a video, and I'm like, Coach Diefel, congratulations. Coach Diefel's always been super cool. And I got a text from, I guess, family – Chesson just messaged me. Oh, let's oh. go. Hold on. And it, it's the, the head football or the head softball coach at Oklahoma, who I think she has won. Coach Gas has won like f- six national championships. And all she did was send me a hog and a broken heart. And I was oh. like, you know my loyalty. I'll be there for you, but I'm always a hog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always a hog. Fighting with family already, dude. I know. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's call Chesson and see what's up. Oh, we're calling Talk to me. There he is. There he How are you doing? We're doing pretty good. We were we were talking about you and how we watched the, the tournament this weekend, and we we don't really know a lot about hitting good golf shots, but we saw some out there. And I was like, let me see if I could get our guy Chesson on the phone. How'd you feel this weekend? Good. I I just there was a little bit of poopy diaper yesterday with some with some, but like overall, I played great. Um, you know, I finished 29th, which, you know, it's hard. Sometimes you look at that and you're like, wow, that's good or not good. Or what I know that doesn't sound great, but like, I feel like things are heading in a really positive direction. 
when you're out, because sometimes when I play golf, and Chess, you're talking to a 12 handicap. <laughs> sometimes I feel like my arms don't work. I don't know how to work my arms. Do you ever deal? Do you ever deal with that as a pro? Absolutely, oh. absolutely. Yeah, I yesterday on hole number 11, my arms didn't work. I hit a so I was hitting pitching wedge, which is a club that I like. That's what we hit that club really well 95 percent of the time, and my arms just didn't work. And I hit it in the water, and I made double and. Doubles aren't good. Do you ever get? Do you ever go on the sand and say to yourself, "Oh, this is not going to be good"? Because I do that every time I go on the sand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the sand. Huh. I like the sand. Sometimes I get up and I see my lie, and then I go, "Oh, this isn't going to be good." But most of the time, I get in the sand. I'm like, "Okay, I love this." Uh, I'm going to let Chesson go. We just want to get him on for the big show here yeah. before we wrapped it up. But I asked Chesson. I said, "What's the key?" Like, give me a tip, and he goes, "Learn to putt better." And I was like, I, yeah. just, I was like, I just paid you a thousand dollars for that tip. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pay me a thousand? No, I paid you nothing. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, well, where do you go next, Chesson? Uh, I'm heading home this week. I have an off week, and then the week after is the players. That's a that's a huge tournament on the PGA Tour, kind of considered the fifth major, but it typically has the best field in golf from you know top to bottom. So. Um, that's in a couple weeks in Jacksonville, Florida, Ponte Vedra Beach. Who's the nicest guy that you've accidentally been or just randomly you were partnered up with at a tournament and you guys became friends after being partnered up because you're like, that dude's cool? Well, yeah. Like, I ran into this guy named Bobby Bones this year at Pebble and it was, and like, we just instantly became friends and, you know, now I'm on his radio show and stuff. And mm-hmm. so. That's been pretty cool. Yeah. I'll say Bobby Bones. I know. I'll accept I even, that answer. I even, I even switched radio stations in Raleigh. I started to listen to him full time. Did you so, guys rehearse this? Yeah, we worked that last <laughs> night. We've done this bit last night. All right, well, Chester, we're rooting for you, buddy. And thanks for uh, thanks for picking up. And we'll be we'll be watching you soon. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks right. for having me on. There he is. All right. Hey, we got a professional golfer on. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, man. Legit. Okay, that's it. Final thought, Eddie? Yeah, so we were talking about records earlier, and I wanted to shout out my uh, eight-year-old. He broke his personal record. He had his record was 26 going into Saturday, and he scored 28 on Saturday. So, wow. shout out to him. He's pretty awesome. He scored 28. Oh, dude, he's a baller. That's yeah. like Dame Lillard. Awesome. Like they yeah. dump. Yeah, uh, kind of a ball hog, but really, like he's. <laughs> they he dump just... like a fun dip on his head. <laughs> it's different for kids. Yeah, champagne. Uh, That's pretty awesome. Chesson just said, "Is it okay?" I said, "Poopy diaper." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say, "Dang, Chris Rock, watch the language." <laughs> Poopy diaper. <laughs> on the dang Chris Rock one. <laughs> I want to say ha ha Got it. Okay, Kevin. You might call me an old guy for this, but I was watching the OKC and was it the Suns? I can't remember who they were playing on Friday. And their jerseys were teal. And I was just wondering, these NBA jerseys nowadays, they have so many, and I don't even know who's playing anymore. When I'm watching some of these games, yeah. I'm like, okay, oh, this yeah. team is like, the maybe it was the Suns that were teal. And I was just like, wait, since when have the Suns been teal? And I know they're trying to sell jerseys. I get it. But if I don't know who I'm watching, then I just don't understand it. What I have to do is look down at the bottom where the two teams are and the color, because they try to match the colors. Yeah. Like if it's like PHX and it's rainbow with OKC and it's white, I have to like match there. But colors, mm. I'm not good at them anyway. You're colorblind, so that's tough. I'll be honest with you. Not, yeah, not good at them, but I understand that. I but that is kind of older jerseys. Kevin, though, a little bit, right? Yeah, he's he's like, been, keep them all the same color. <laughs> <laughs> Coleman. My final thought is a thank you to you all and your team um, for all the hookups that you all have given me. I've gotten five interviews with Division One coaches over the past about 10 days, 
And then this is now leading into everything I've been building towards. The conference tournament play over the next two weeks is everything I've been working towards and will be the teams punching their ticket to the NCAA tournament. And now, thanks to you all, I have you know access that I haven't gotten before. So thank you. Freaking what awesome. do you do awesome. for conference tournaments? So conference tournaments, uh, I posted my schedule. I'm going to be going to 29 games in 14 days. Can we find that at sharpieshopschlack.com? <laughs> yes, that's where okay, you can okay, find go it. Go ahead. Might change it. Might change it. We'll talk about branding afterwards. <laughs> but um, yeah, there will be some days where I'm going to all four games of the quarterfinals for different conference tournaments. There will be others where the conference tournament, um, the best-seeded team hosts, so I'll just go to one game that day, be at that team's home environment to go punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. So I'll, I'll be mixing it up, but looking forward to it. What do you do once basketball season's over? Because you don't have a job. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. I'm, His I'm, answer's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm grinding to try to, I guess, grow my resume or my exposure to see if there will be anyone that would be interested in picking me up full time. But over um, that NCAA tournament, I'll still be putting out content and things like that. I'll probably be going to a couple of the regionals, everything probably before the Final Four, um, and try to create an opportunity from that. And then after that, be back to on Indeed, I guess, LinkedIn. What's Indeed? Is that like a job? A job hunter. Job, mm-hmm. yeah. Monster, yeah, yeah, yeah. Monster.com, yeah. that yeah. kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I wanted to bring up the fact that, I don't know, I'm jealous. I'll say it. I don't admit jealousy often. Sometimes I use that as motivation. Instead of being jealous, I'm like, I'll be motivated. I'm jealous. Manny Machado, 11 years, 350 million bucks. I know. He already had a big deal. In 2019, they signed him 10 years, 300 million, but he had a player option for this winter. And so he is signed through 2034. He'll be 41 years old. Insane. That's just so much money. I mean, is he that, that, that worth yeah. it? Uh, yeah. In he, that, this is the same dude that, where like he wasn't diving for balls, yes, right? Like, he's worth yeah. it in that the market is eventually going to catch it and they're not going to have to pay him anymore. Yeah. So do I think he's worth right now? Oh, probably man. not. But over the investment, yeah, probably. That's why he signed up such a long-term deal. So in seven years... When the market's gone way up, you already got your guy and you got yeah. him signed. He ain't going nowhere. But that's a lot of money. Oof. But I if just, they're struggling six, seven years from now, then you're locked I mean, into Pujols. that. Pujols, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think everybody says that. I just sent a picture of this to iHeart. <laughs> see? You like, see? A little Dang. arrow on it. <laughs> Manny Machado. <laughs> that's what the market's paying. Market, market value. <laughs> Get ahead of the market here. <laughs> All right. That's what's up. Thank you, guys. Go follow us at 25 Whistles. Will, will this be the last time we ever see Coleman in our life? That's the question. Oh, I in hope person. not. Surely I'll be swinging back at some point. At like noon today, Eddie gets time. a call. Hey, somebody call me on. <laughs> Who <Yeah>. is this? <laughs> All right, you guys. Um, Eddie, go ahead and blow us out of here, buddy. You got it, man. Here we go. All right, we'll see you guys Friday. <laughs>